Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you know what we're up to this offseason. Also, you can check us out on SiriusXM Saturday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern. Whoop, whoop, we're back. So you can give us a call. We'll answer all your questions there as well. You can chat with us on Her Fantasy Football at Her Fantasy Football, excuse me, at Her Fantasy FB on Twitter. One of those things. You'll find us somewhere. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby, and I'm here with my lovely co host and sister, Ashley Williams. Brandon, is it a wedding? I know. I'm surprised she yep. has a life outside of football as well. Hello, it's August. I'm back. <laughs> How are you? This is the first one she's ever missed, I believe. I know. I think so, right? In like the four years we've been doing this, three years, four years? Four years. That's five, crazy. Fifth. Good yep. for her. Good for her. Um, well, we were talking running backs this week. We already covered the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, so you can check that out at HerFantasyFootball.com podcasts. Also, make sure to pull up our new um, and improved tiered cheat sheet for your drafts. So you can also find our rankings that we update every week as well. So let's get into her. Let's get into some NFL news. Um, right now, as we're recording this, the Hall of Fame game is going on with yep. the Cowboys and the Cardinals. My husband sent me a text and was like, hey, Blaine Gabbert's doing awesome. Just so he is know. doing really well. By Carson it was surprising. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say by Carson Palmer, but, but it certainly makes you feel better about the surrounding cast. If Carson goes down. Yeah. Sure. I agree. And you know, uh, I have drafted Carson every year. Every year I draft that guy. Oh, yeah, and and at least one of my leagues. I've had him in the Misfit League twice that I've taken first and second in the Brad Evans League. My Misfit team, I always have Carson Palmer. There you go. (laughs) Obviously, it's an auction draft. I do not spend much money on my quarterback, seeing how I call Carson Palmer and Alex Smith last year. So Mm. um, winning combo winning. Speaking of (laughs) quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill went down in practice and Mr. Adam Scheffler just reported that the dolphins are afraid that it might be season ending surgery. He's going to need on need on that knee. So that's not good. It's not for sure yet, um, which I've already drafted him in the two quarterback league and Scott fishbowl. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, oof, oof. speaking of more quarterback injuries, Cam's shoulder was too sore to throw during practice on Wednesday. Blake Bortles threw five interceptions in one day at camp. Amazing. Oh, it doesn't bode well. I was hoping this was going to be like the year he kind of turned around. So that's a bad start. Yeah, check out some of the Twitter start. feed about it because it's hilarious. Uh, I don't think his defense <laughs> was very nice to him. Um, well. Oh, and also the Ravens are talking to Colin Kaepernick. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think Kaepernick's going to find a spot somewhere before the season starts. I just don't know where. Um, Jordan Reed is still on the pub list. He will be seeing the toe specialist soon. Um, Ravens tight end Crockett Gilmore is out for the season. It's not the same Gilmore that got in a fight with Julian Edelman at practice, though. That, too, is hilarious. Edelman is such a little firecracker. But let's get into some of these uh, running back news we have here. Devontae Booker will be out all of training camp due to his broken wrist. That's not great. 
Jay Ajayi has suffered from a concussion, so he's going to be out for a little while. That's not good, seeing how he's already injury prone. Um, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM came out and said that Doug Martin looks good and is doing everything he needs to do physically and mentally, which is good to know because he might not have a job when he comes back from his suspension. Um, it was a four week suspension. He already served one week last year. So he has got three more weeks to serve. Um, this is just not awesome news for those people who have drafted Martin already. It's good news for the rest of us, seeing how he's going to keep slipping down the ADP chart. Um, so you could get him for a really good value, and who knows? He might be the starting back. They're just, like, threatening him, you know? Yeah. Well, it's fine. It's, it's okay. Um, so, lady, okay, so, Ashley, so what are your feelings on Doug Martin? Are you drafting him just in case, or are you just skipping him all over again? Well, I don't blame the Bucks for being over Doug Martin, at no. all, to be honest with you. I mean, I've been over Doug Martin for a while myself, but, <laughs> you know, his, his last few seasons have left little to be desired. He came into the scene with promise uh, in 2012, and he had, you know, was 1,454 rushing yards, 472 receiving yards, and so that was great, you know. Uh, and he had another good year in 2015 with just over 1,400 yards. Uh, and his receiving yards were almost cut in half to 271, but still decent. And he played in 16 games in both of those seasons. But the problem is he's not been productive on the field enough in you know, 2013 with only six games, uh, 2014 only 11 games, and 2016 only eight games. And averaging around 400 rushing yards and 65 receiving yards in 2013 and 14. Um, his receiving yards improved a bit in 2016 with 134 yards but and an 87.5% catch rate. But the problem for Doug Martin is that the team doesn't think that they're going to miss a beat without him, and I don't think they will either. You know, they are ready to give Jacquez Rodgers a chance who rushed for 560 yards, but was only the starter for five of those games. So who knows what he cut on if he was the starter. And they like Sims a lot as the third down back. So part of me is kind of with the Bucks here that maybe it's time to hand over the torch. I mean, Doug Martin is talented, but, you know, really inconsistent. Really inconsistent. I mean, yeah, he, he's going, he was going in the fourth round. Um, now, I mean, I did a mock draft, and I got him in the ninth round, 10th round. Um, so, yeah, if you want to take him there, I think it, you should. And, you know, it's going to be a tough start for Rodgers and Sims seeing how they play two um, top 10 defenses in the first four weeks. So, you know, if the coaches, like, don't give him much of a chance to surpass Doug, I think that, you know, Doug could get his starting job back. So, and or at least get worked in for a game or two and then get his job back, you know, if he does well. So if it's in the 10th round, I'm that's where you take a flyer, right? That's where you take a risk. Doug Martin could be the best risk you take. So I'm the okay fourth, at that the point. The fourth is too risky for me with Doug Martin. With, oh, yeah. With the discussion from the GM that he may not get his job back, with the injuries, oh, yeah. uh, the, it, to me that's too risky in the fourth. I agree. I agree. All right, Devontae Booker, Booker's injury means what the Broncos running game, what we always wanted. We got a little CJ Anderson and Jamal Charles. What do you think our listeners should do, Ashley? So as of right now, we are hearing that they want to give Charles 8 to 10 touches a game as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, that's not a whole lot, but again, pretty healthy for a second back on a team. Uh, they're going to need Anderson to stay healthy too, though. So 
you've got two guys that have not been very healthy the last couple of years. So you may see actually more of a share than we're anticipating. I think, you know, I have liked Charles over Booker all year long. I do not think that Charles would have come back if he did not feel that he could be healthy and compete for us that starting position, which he has reiterated multiple times that I'm not here to be on the bench. I'm here to play and to be a starter. He does also say that he wants to make Booker and Anderson better. And if he's good, it's going to be really hard to not play Charles. And from what we're hearing, he is doing really well in camp. Um, again, he's not fully playing, but he's looking pretty good. And if he can stay healthy, it's going to be a really nice one-two punch that might salvage both of their health this year if they do give it more of a split. So um, I'll be really intrigued to see the preseason games and how when he really kind of takes that real true impact, how he feels about it. Because if the speed is still there, it could be awesome year. Yeah, Charles has only played eight games in the last two seasons, so they better make sure that he's really good to go before the Broncos put him in too much. I mean, he's going in the eighth round, so if he has numbers like he did the last full season, I guess he played 15 games, which was over 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. And Yeah, that's a great deal. That's huge upside. I mean, obviously eighth he's round? not going to have that if Anderson stays healthy, right, because he's going to be sharing the ball. But eight to ten touches could – slowly move into 12 to 14 touches to the majority of the red zone touches to, you know, I think I'm could okay have with that. that. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, at that where you're getting him, that's great. So I'm, I, I think that's good. I mean, even when Anderson was healthy when he was in, he had under a thousand total yards and just five touchdowns. So it's not like he's like this huge baller that he, you know, that Charles, you know, is clearly behind because of age and injuries. I don't think that's true. So I, I like I like both of them for their values. Um, but I think Charles could be a standout. Uh, hopefully, the season in round game two or three. I, I think, think they both could be over a thousand yards rushing. It's possible. It's possible with the quarterback situation. Maybe they want to lean on the running backs a little bit more. Yeah, I could see that. All right, let's talk about those rookie running backs. So we have Leonard Fournette for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Joe Mixon for the Cincinnati Bengals, Christian McCaffrey for the Carolina Panthers, and Dalvin Cook for the Minnesota Vikings. Some are saying this is the best group of rookie running backs since forever. So what are your feelings on drafting that, uh, these rookies, Ashley? It's really funny. It's uh, When we were at – which draft was that with Brad Evans? And we were at Don Parker at the draft house. Uh-huh. I don't know that draft it was and <clears throat> Courtney's husband basically knew every single person she was going to pick. Cause when you live with someone long enough and play enough fantasy, you generally have an idea of what they do. Except I picked uh, Ron Gronkowski and he like yelled at me. He's like, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> and then he calls me today and he's like, I think Rob Gronkowski actually was a really good puck. Like this was like uh, a, a that. month and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny though, because my husband knows me and he's like, yeah, you just don't love rookie running backs. And I was like, I don't. I really like don't. I don't. Well, in okay. general, that's that's true. But you know, <laughs> it, it, it's I do. I rarely, rarely draft a rookie running back, and it's usually because they have higher ADPs than any rookie wide receiver will generally have, and so the risk is a lot higher than it would be right. taking a risk on a rookie wide receiver that you think is going to have an impact. Now, granted, you've got a lot more chemistry that you got to work out as a wide receiver with a quarterback than the running back, but you know. With that said, I am excited about Leonard Fournette. 
And I like him the most out of this group, mainly for the fact that his position is the most secure in regards to there's no real competition right. to take a team spot away from him. You know, you've got a, a committee on your hands in Cincy between Hill, Mixon, and Bernard. Uh, you know, every week Brandon calls me and says, are you sure that's where you wanted to put these guys when I do my, <laughs> my rankings? Um, and it's because it's really all over the board. Depending on who you talk to, the depth chart is different. Some say Mixon's one, then Hill, then Bernard three. Some say Hill's one, then Bernard, then Mixon three. Uh, it's all over the board. And so for me, I think you've got off-field issues. You've got lack of concentration. You've got lack of preparation with Mixon. Plus, you've got Hill, who was a top 20 running back last year. So there's no reason why you would jump ship with some guy that isn't putting in the effort that you need to. So that makes me a little bit nervous in regards to Mixon. Uh, in terms of with... Uh, You've got Murray on the hands for Dalvin Cook. So I do think Cook will be the starting running back. Uh, we don't have Murray back really per se from injury yet to really contend for it. But there is a chance that he can. Uh, and so that makes me a little nervous for Cook. McCaffrey has Stewart to contend with as a ball carry. But McCaffrey is the most specialized of these guys in the backfield in terms of, you know, he was almost drafted as a wide receiver. He's got fantastic hands. But they are going to have to shift their offense entirely to fit McCaffrey in. But at the same time, he's been looking filthy good in practice. So I think that's not going to be too much of an issue. So I actually like him a lot as well. So preseason is going to tell us a lot about these guys. People get really hyped up come camp. Um, and a lot of our comrades like to just tell a story. And so people, you know, kind of make mountains out of moleholes of training camp sometimes. But I do really believe the hype about McCaffrey. But I think preseason is going to tell us a lot about where the rest of these guys are going to fall. Yeah, I mean, listen, Joe Mixon, although a terrible person off the football field, on the field, he has the size, the speed, and he has great hands. I mean, that means he could stay on the field for all three downs, and that's huge. You know, there is obviously Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard we were talking about that he has to compete with, but the Bengals must not have been that in love with either one of them if they're going to draft Joe Mixon, who likes to hit women. You know, that's my feeling. If they're going to take a risk for a total PR nightmare – then it must be because they really don't like Hill. But I will say... Especially Hill, because that's pretty much who he's going to be replacing. But Mixon dropped so far to them. The value was so good for where they got him. I can understand why they took him. Yeah. And I can understand maybe that Mixon won't be the starting back this year if he can't pull it together, you know, coming into camp overweight, not coming in prepared... Um, that Hill is a good enough running back that I can see them, you know, really trying to put him in his place and, you know, get him in line. With yeah, that the coach side, do doesn't love be, yeah. rookie running backs. The coach he doesn't. doesn't. He doesn't love playing rookie running backs the first year. He, he likes them to watch. I could see there being running back controversies going on through Cincinnati season throughout the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already been tough enough with Hill and Bernard. Now you're adding Mixon into it. It kind of gets a little sticky, Ashley. I will agree. Although Mixon as a player, I think is very talented. It is an unfortunate thing that he's on that team that already has talent. Uh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey has been tearing it up at practice, making the Panthers defense look stupid. He has the speed in the hands as well. Um, and I like this competition. I like Stewart McCaffrey 
free. I think they're a nice one-two punch, a little Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead style. And I like that. I think that can be really beneficial to a team. Um, so I'm okay with that, especially with Cam, that they don't want him to be running as much because he gets injured. I, I think this is, could be good. This could be really good. Leonard Fournette um, should get the ball a lot, as Ashley said, unlike the other two guys. Uh, he doesn't have much competition to go. Yeldon, I'm not concerned about Yeldon. So no. uh, it should be good. The only thing I worry about is if the Jags get too far behind and they abandon the run because we all seen what Blake Bortle does in the fourth quarter. It doesn't involve the running back. But I think he's talented <laughs> enough even if, if that does happen and we have the fourth quarter, you know, panic two minutes slash 15 minute drill that is the Bengals in the fourth quarter. Um, I think the Fournette is talented enough to still put up good numbers for you the other three quarters. Yeah, and the Jags defense is improved. So, but we said that last year. So I well, I really need to see that. It's really sad right. that they're improved. Um, yeah, Delvin Cook should get the ball, you know, close to 300 times this year. That's amazing. With Latavis Murray hurt, I, I think it's great. Yeah, uh, you could end you get him um at the end of the fourth round, maybe the fifth round. Um, and with numbers like what he could potentially have, I mean, that's a pick in the fifth round that could win your championship. I will say it's interesting. Really good guys and get Delvin Cook in the fifth round. That's money making to me. Well, it's funny though because I've been reading some you know different articles and they say finally Minnesota has an all around back that and I'm like right. You've had Adrian Peterson one of the top running backs for years and and yet they are just so excited about Cook and don't get me wrong like yes Peterson was not heavily involved in the receiving game but it's like. You had one of the greats here. So that to me, that just really speaks to the volume of the, the talent that they see in Cook. When you have but Bradford you as do, your quarterback. They do pass protection. <laughs> Similar, you know, they need pass protection, though. So that's the only thing that might yeah. keep them off the field or reduce a bit of his snap count. Right. We'll see. All right, let's dive into the running backs now that we have on our rankings. Go to herfantasyfootball.com slash rankings to get them as we're talking about them. Here are our top 10 running backs. We have number one, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman, Jordan Howard, DeMarco Murray, Leonard Fournette, and Jay Ajayi. All right. It is really important that your first running back is the right running back for your fantasy team. This is how you win or lose your championship. Are there any guys on this list that you're having questions about, Ashley? Yeah. Well, first of all, I do want to mention that I did put a rookie in the top 10, which again is very unlikely, I but I, I did. That. So you should be proud of me for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there, you know, there, there is certainly at least one. Um, and I do think it's really important to get that running back the right running back for your fantasy team. You know, there's more depth at wide receiver than there is at running back. So it is important that you get a solid guy. I take proven consistency over hot players. Um, so for that reason, I question Jay Ajayi a bit. And you got the concussion that's playing in. I think he'll be completely fine by the time regular season rolls around. But, you know, he had a great season in 2016 uh, with a little over 12, uh, 1,200 yards, rushing yards, um, starting for only 12 games. Uh, but will he do it again? I don't know. Is he a Doug Martin, you know, that has the really great season and then follows it up with a not great season, then has another not great season. The moment you want to give up on him, then he has a great season. I'm just not, you know, I'm a little hesitant. Not that I wouldn't take him, um, but I would certainly pause for a second before I do because I don't love the Dolphins offense. Now that we got Ryan Tannehill, who might be out. I mean, it was the ninth worst offense in the league last year. 
I just, you know, there's other guys on this list that are more proven that I would take over Ajayi. Do you think Colin Kaepernick is going to sign with the Miami Dolphins now? It'd be a good place for him to land. It would be a good place for him to land. But I don't like that for J.J. then because Colin Kaepernick is a running quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and he has a concussion, which is already injury prone. Actually, you know how I feel about the Miami Dolphins in general and especially J.J. I would never drop that man. Oh, yeah, I already did. Damn. Damn it. <laughs> really, this is what I do. Every year I say I hate I the Dolphins. I'm not doing it. And then I totally invest in them in one of my leagues. You do every time. And I did. I got Jay Jai. I got Jarvis. But where'd Landry. you get him? Where'd you I got him? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, I don't know. It was in the Scott Fishbowl League when there's like 28 True. rounds. Yeah. Or something crazy. You know, I can't remember where I got him. I got him for good price. So um, but I think I'm most concerned about David Johnson. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Like, no one's concerned about no. him. That's silly. Um, listen, I don't love all the off-field drama going on with Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys are still waiting on the ruling from the NFL about Elliott's domestic violence claims from a former girlfriend. And while the league is looking into this domestic violence, he has he has also made headlines for the wrong reasons when it comes to everything else. So he's got he went into a marijuana dispensary. Shouldn't be doing that. Stupid. Stupid. There's yeah. no reason why you should be going to a medical, mar or not medical, just any marijuana dispensary. I mean, come on. Right. Exactly. Exposing a woman's breast at a festival. Stupid. Stop it. Or party or whatever. And then recently being involved in a bar altercation. It's like, are you kidding me? And didn't he just get arrested too for like speeding like way over the speed limit too? <laughs> We're getting a ticket at least. Oh, my God. It's like, what are you doing? Obviously, he's not making good choices. Yeah. Thank God he's for the Cowboys because they don't care what kind of person you are. Well, Jerry Jones doesn't care, yeah. No, no. And uh, so I, I just – I don't like that. So I kind of just want to stay away from him until the ruling comes in. And I don't know when that's going to be. Say, I don't know when that's going to happen. And that's what's so hard is depending on when your draft is – do you roll that dice? Because he's going to go off the board, second, third player off the board, definitely first round. So are you willing to take that, not knowing what the potential suspension could be? Right. And I'm willing really okay to pass on him. I am. And it's funny. I'm going to skip down a little bit. I In our in our outline last year, this was the exact question I asked Ezekiel. It's been in the news a bit the last week or so. This is his rookie year with an offense that is set up for him to be successful. Do you believe he is worth taking with your first pick overall? Because that is the honest truth. And I have a feeling we're just going to be asking this question over and over and over again. It's kind of crazy. So I, at this point, I'm skipping him. I just think that it's, yeah. it's too much risk. Um, and I'm not taking that much risk with my first pick overall. Um, do you think with the absence of Shanahan, Devontae Freeman will be used less in the game plan? And what does this mean for our friend Tevin Coleman, who's ranked 32nd, which is great? No, I, I think they will. you will see the same production out of Freeman this year as you did last year. I mean, it would be foolish of the Falcons to not follow a same, similar game script because they were successful with it. You know, he had over 1,000 yards rushing and 450 yards receiving. And that's all while still sharing time with Tevin Coleman. Um, you know, I think Tevin Coleman will be used a bit less this year. 
um, but not a whole lot less. I mean, he'll still certainly be in the game plan, you know, and, and I do the rankings. So naturally, I think 32nd is the right place for him because that's where I put him. But uh, <laughs> what a great backup to have and an amazing handcuff. I mean, if you have Freeman, why not handcuff yourself? Because he is he is a handcuff. He's not just a specialty player. If Freeman were to go out, Tevin Coleman is then the back. We do have situations where you've got somebody um, like let's say Giovanni Bernard. If let's say let's say it is Mixon or let's say it is Hill, one of them goes out, the other one's going to replace each other. Giovanni Bernard does not come in as that primary back. Giovanni Bernard retains his role on the team. That's not the case with Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman has a specialty role, but if Freeman were to go out, Tevin Coleman is the next guy up. So he's a great handcuff. He's a great guy to have. Um, on your team in general, because of all those guys that played that secondary backup running back, he's probably involved the most in the game plan other than potentially Christian McCaffrey this year and Danny Woodhead. So yeah, I, think I he's agree. A to have. I agree, Ashley. I think Atlanta is going to keep a similar game plan as they mm -hmm. did last year. I think Tevin Coleman, uh, well, Tevin Coleman was a top 20 running back last year in standard leagues. So the fact that he's the 30th running back off the board in drafts is amazing value. And I think I think you'd be silly to pass him up if he comes to you. So I love Freeman. I, and he's been healthy and has had two seasons in a row with over 1,500 total yards and 11 touchdowns just on the ground. I think that that he might get a couple more in the air of this year. Um, so I just I'm, – I'm into him. I think that – I think both high, high are upside. great picks. Yeah, high, high upside for sure. All yeah. right, our next 10 running backs off the board are Todd Gurley, Lamar Miller, Isaiah Quell, Marshawn Lynch, Spencer Ware, CJ Anderson, Mark Ingram, Eddie Lacy, Carlos Hyde, and Mark or Mike Gillisley. I'm so excited Mike Gillisley's here. Right? How cute is he making the top 20? Switch teams. Now he's the guy and he's hot right now. Everybody just loves him. But let's get into Todd Gurley. He burned us last year. We know that. If you owned him, you're upset still. But now he has a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach. Also, he's got a lot of new faces on the Rams, which includes an improved defense. Should our listeners draft Gurley? Ashley. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that Gurley struggled last year. You know, he only averaged 3.2 yards per carry and scored only six touchdowns. It's pretty bad for where you got him last year. I mean, that was certainly a disappointment. You know, the issue was that the offense was anemic last year. They relied solely on the rush. He had 278 carries, which is a lot of carries to have, fifth most in the NFL, and he was targeted 57 times as a receiver as well. Uh, so he was having, you know, that twofold offense which, you know, the 57 uh, targets was 12th highest amongst running backs. Um, I just, you know, there's a bit of overuse here. Now, McVay is, you know, committed, so he says, to kind of finding that balance between the pass and the rush um, and not overworking his back, um, which I think will greatly help out this year. You know, and McVay, I think he's going to bring some really solid um, structure and offensive scheme to this team. Um, but at the same time, while he sits there and says that he does not want to overwork Gurley, he will also roll with, you know, who is hot. And so he will shift his game plan. If Gurley is, you know, on a run, he's going to continue to feed the ball to Gurley. So I think he's going to have a good year. I don't think that you should be so scared about drafting him. Um, I think he's going to probably outperform his ADP and I think he'll be just fine. 
Yeah, I don't want you to forget. In 2015, he was the fifth highest fantasy score yeah. in standard leagues. So, I mean, come on, give the guy a break. It's a better team. He's ha- he's not the only person on the team this year. So well, that's debatable. Okay, but the there's rest like will at least seem better. There's a couple half of people, half players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. So yeah. I think that you know that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm dra- I drafted him. I'm gonna continue drafting him. You should draft him. All right, Marshawn Lynch is back on the football field. Unfortunately, it looks like he has some competition in the Raiders' backfield. Ashley, what are your feelings on Lynch? Beast mode. First of all, I love Lynch, and I was really excited when he came back. Um, There's something just about his presence that is just really great in the NFL. You know, I feel like I I love him. What do you mean, the cheerleader? The cheerleader. He's like, like, I don't know. I mean, listen. I don't want to interrupt your analyst, but analyst, it's just like, I feel like he's like there to give like the Raiders like hope and like spirit. And- well, I think he's there for fun. And I actually really yeah. like that. This is a team, his childhood team. He's always wanted to play for them. Um, so I, I think he's going to be in a really good mindset and he's just, he's coming in for fun. He could, he could do really great. I mean, I need to see him in preseason to make a decision on him. Uh, until then, I'm drafting those around him instead of him as it stands today. That could very well be a different decision for me come next week or two weeks from now once we see a little bit from him. But 19 months out of the game is a long time. That is a long time sure to be out is. of the game. So I need to see, A, has he picked up the new offense? And B, does he have any cobwebs that he needs to work off? So, you know, I, I again, I said I, I love Beast Mode. I think he could be great like legitimately great top 10 running back. Great. I just need to see if he still has that spark with my own eyes and see it and not just hear that he's looking good uh, when he's basically done very minimal drills. I mean, I, I need to physically see it. I'm not sure how much competition he actually really has, or if this is again, just typical camp talk where there's a flashy player, so we get to talk about them. But in reality, that person isn't going to actually be any sort of competition. I don't know. Um, I can only assume, though, that he's going to do as well as Latavius Murray did on the team last year, just based on the fact that Lynch is a more talented player than Murray. Um, I think he's kept himself in good shape. I don't think he would come back if he wasn't able to perform. So, you know, based on that assumption, Latavius Murray had 788 rushing yards, and that was only in 14 games. Uh, and that's not bad for running back too. So even if Lynch performed equal to what Latavius Murray did, that is still a solid RB2 numbers right there. Um, the big question for me though is would I rather take, say, CJ Anderson, uh, who is right below him in the rankings? You know, I'm not sure. Anderson, you know, he had 437 yards in seven games. So technically Lynch uh, is kind of outpacing him. Um, and Lynch never had fewer than 1,200 rushing yards from 2011 to 2014. So um, I think he still has it in him. I think I feel much more comfortable drafting him in two weeks, but I need to see it. So if I'm drafting today, I'm probably skipping him, but two weeks from now, I'm probably going to take him and be super excited. Yeah, I'm not taking a risk in the second round. I'm sorry. I'm not getting you, Marshawn Lynch. Even, even like if you well. see him in preseason? No, no. He's injury. He's going to get an injury. He's going to get injured. He's 31 years old. Hasn't so? played in how many months, Ashley? You had a down 19, to a T. 19, 19 months. months, 22 days. Just kidding. But he was building um, houses. He was staying in shape. I, He never, listen, the man ate Skittles and I'm sure much of other candies. Some people are just natural athletes and they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And that's great. 
I think the fact that you're old and haven't been playing is going to be an issue. Now, obviously, 31 is not old in <coughs> not football. Yeah, but I mean, it's really like a year and a half. I mean, if you've got players that got injured midway through a season, um, it's not that much far off if he had been injured. I think we talked about this on our radio show last Saturday with Martavius Bryant. It's like, are you really going to take a risk in the fifth round for a guy who hasn't played in that long? My yeah, friends are really going to take a risk proven. in the second round on a 31-year-old? I mean, gosh, Ashley, look at where but, Jamal Charles and AP are going. Now, granted, they're the they're the second guys they're on the, the team. second back on the team. But, I mean, listen, I just – I I'm not doing it, I think. If but here's the difference between it, Bryant and Lynch. It, but... Lynch is a proven player. Martavis Bryant is not. Okay. I but get Martavis your I get your Bryant I get your eight. hesitation. I absolutely and okay. I and I agree the second round is Yeah. You know, it's that's that's a really big risk. And I'm not one to take risks in the second round. But would you I'm take not. would you rather take uh Tevin Coleman or Marshawn Lynch? Well, that's silly. Tevin Coleman's going in like it's going like the fourth. This no, he's not. He's going. He's the thirtieth running back off the board. So he's going like in the seventh, I think. I want to say. Uh, let's look it up, Ashley. Here we go. Let's look him up. Let's Here we go. Where are you? Average ADPs. Where you be, Tevin, Tevin Coleman. Coleman? He's going so low compared to where he should be going. Um, he's going in at the uh, mid yeah. round in the sixth. So yeah, no, I I don't think that's a fair comparison. Okay, well, but Eddie Lacy, but Eddie Lacy's going in the fifth. Lynch? I'm taking Spencer Ware. You're taking Spencer over Marshawn Lynch. I'm taking Spencer Ware. Yes, I am Ashley. I am. I'm not saying I am or I'm not. I'm just I'm I'm conflicted. That's my thing. I, I get your hesitation, but I also sit there and think there is so much upside to Marshawn Lynch. And that even if he does, again, just baseline of what Latavius Murray did. And I think we can both agree that Marshawn Lynch is at least NFL proven a more talented running back than Latavius Murray. That is still fairly, that's still pretty solid. Okay. I, I, your, don't think he's gonna make it I don't think he's going to make it to the season. And I'm not taking a guy in the second round that I don't think is going to make it to the season. Okay, well, here's that's your, your bull prediction. I think that's, he'll make it through the season. Okay, well, on this on the bench, and I'm going to make you eat a whole bag <laughs> of Skittles at the end of the season if he makes it through. Good, I will. I love Skittles. I love on the I podcast. Love Marshawn Lynch. It's it. nothing against him. It's just you know. All right, agree to disagree. Paper. All right, Ashley. I know we're not going to disagree on this. Uh, running back between Eddie Lacy and Carlos Hyde. I'm just going to go ahead and go for this. I'm going Eddie Lacy. Carlos Hyde has had the absolute toughest schedule for running backs. He's injury prone. And there's a guy named Tim Hightower on the team. Yeah. And you might be like, oh, Hightower, really? But if you owned Mark Ingram last year, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say Hightower's name. He is a touchdown sniper. And I don't like anything about that. And he's not the only running back on the team, too. There's a few others on there. Carlos Hyde has never played 16 games in a season. He's only had 16 total touchdowns in the three seasons he has played in the NFL. Now, Eddie Lacy has similar problems as Hyde. He's coming off an injury um, with his ankle. He's He will be competing with Thomas Rawls and CJ Procise for touches. And, of course, the weight issue that he always has that everybody loves to talk about. But I like Lacy over Hyde simply because he is on the better team. 
and a team that loves to run the ball. I am afraid the 49ers will have to abandon the run sooner than later. So even if Carlos Hyde is the guy, he's not going to be the guy come end of the third quarter, fourth quarter. So I'm not interested. Ashley? I've never been interested in Hyde. <laughs> I mean, that's why you said we're both going to agree because you know, you know where I've stood on Hyde for years now. I mean, to me, this is not even a question I would go Eddie Lacy now because I know, I know I'll get lit up over Twitter or something over this because that's what happens when I say something bad about a player that people really like. But, you know, Hyde is talented for sure. There's absolutely no denying that they use talent. But talent doesn't do me a whole lot of good when it's on the bench. You know, when when he will more than likely, you know, with which where he will be more likely with the history of injuries that he has had for where I have to take him. Because, again, this is kind of like a Keenan Allen argument for me. I'm not denying their talent. I'm not denying the fact that they could go on and have an amazing season. Carlos Hyde could go on and be a top 10 running back. Right. But the odds are not in his favor due to injuries that that is where he's going to be. Now, will he be fantastic in the games that he is able to play? Yeah, absolutely. But it's too much risk for me for where I have to take him. Way too much risk. You know, Lacey had a bad year last year, but the years before were still better and better pacing than Hyde produced. So if Hyde had stayed and played the same amount of games, Lacey still would have outperformed him statistically. So again, basing on averages there. But to me, where I have to get him, I'm not willing to take that risk. This is where when we get into those lower rounds where you sit there and say like, okay, this player is a little bit injury prone, but it doesn't have as much impact to my roster than somebody I have to take in the upper rounds. If I'm taking somebody in the 10th, 11th round that is kind of boomer bust or has injury prone, I don't have a problem with that. That's where I take my risk. That's where I go for those flashy players, but I will not take, especially in running backs when you have such a, a smaller, narrower, talented pool I will never go for the Carlos Hides of the world because to me it is too risky. Even with, like you said, the potential running back competition in Green Bay. Or I just, in, I, in I can't Seattle. I'm sorry, in Seattle. I, yeah, yeah, I just, I can't do it. It's weird. I can't do it. I think Lacey not as Packer is very weird. It's going to take a moment. And Marshawn Lynch in a Raiders outfit is Joel Charles in a Broncos. Adrian Pearson in the Saints. What's going on? What's going on? This offseason was the weird. Craziest. It's like Twilight Zone. It is like yeah. Twilight Zone. It's so nuts. Oh, Ashley brought it up. Just listen. Unlike the wide receiver position, the running backs are not deep at mm -hmm. all. Where is your cutoff, Ashley, for running backs that should be in your starting lineup? I'm comfortable with the top 17. You know, so okay. Ingram is at the end of where I feel comfortable. You know, I mean, I'm at the end of almost every draft I've done this far. So I've been fairly um, heavy running backs in my draft just based on where I fell in the snake, right? So uh, for the reason that you've mentioned, the wide receivers do have more depth. That's why I tend to go with those top running backs. But if I went heavy wide receiver, you know, and I had to choose from the list of guys in that 10 to 20 range, I'd feel okay till about Lacey and then really Hyde is where I start to feel really uncomfortable. But I'd like to keep it above Ingram. I'm okay with Lacey. Hyde, I'm feel not feeling good about life. Not feeling good. You know, I really like to I, – I want to get two guys in the top 13. So yeah, but I, I – Well, uh, that's why I'm going to running backs in the first three rounds. Because that's how what you have to do if you want to top running backs. So yeah, I'm probably going to take a wide receiver and two running backs in those top three rounds because I don't think I want to go anything lower than Isaiah Corral. I just feel like it's too risky. Um, and if that's what I'm going to invest in, that's what I'm going to invest in. So, all right, it's that time, Ashley. Two sentences or less. 
who would you rather draft on your fantasy football island, DeMarco Murray or Jordan Howard? These two are pretty even for me. Um, so I'm going to go with DeMarco Murray because he's a bit more versatile than and has better hands than Howard. But I like both. I yeah, really like I love them both. both too. They both have great schedules, so that's not a factor to me. Um, but I'm going with the guy that I know that is on the better team, and that's DeMarco Murray. So. Yeah. I, I, that's where I'm going. Lamar Miller or Isaiah Crowella? Crowella. I'm going to go with Crowella on this one. But Duke Johnson always makes me a bit nervous that he will eat into Crowell's share. I don't care about that. Crowell. I don't care about that. There's room well, for you know, two. Yeah. There's room for two. There, I mean, there Duke's is. Special. But, Duke's special. But Lamar doesn't really have any like any competition, per se, to eat into his share. But I still yeah. going to go Crowell. I love, uh, I said both of these players have crappy schedules, unlike the other two previous guys, but nothing is better than the new offensive line that's much improved at the Cleveland Browns. So I'm going with Crowell, and he is working for a new contract as well. So I just love that. Yeah. Actually, I, I will say, oh, you know what? We'll get into Duke a little bit later, I think. Don't we ask a Dukey question? Maybe not, but. Do. Oh, we do? Okay, good. All right. Let's see here. Bilal Powell, Tevin Coleman, or Theo Riddick? I added all three of these guys in. So for me, it's between Coleman and Riddick. Um, Coleman's going the sixth, and Riddick is going in the tenth as of right now. Riddick only played in 10 games versus Coleman's 13. Riddick had 728 yards and six touchdowns compared to Coleman's 11 touchdowns and 941 yards. But again, you got a three-game swing there. Um, so it would probably, it'd probably even have to be pretty similar in production. So for me, it's really going to depend on at the time the sixth round hits what my need is because depending on where I was in that snake, and I know this is more than two sentences, Courtney, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> where, uh, where we are in the snake, if I had to go heavy wide receiver, then I'm going to probably take Tevin Coleman to ensure that I have more of that touchdown upside per se, but I love, I love theoretic in the 10th. So uh, if I'm already, if I took the route that you did, Courtney, and I've got two really solid running backs, and I'm probably not going to go Tevin Coleman because I'm probably going to need to boost my wide receiver depth at that point, and then I'll go get theoretic, who I know is a similar production value in the 10th. True story, Ashley. I say why not take them both? You can get Tevin Coleman and yep. theoretic because they're so far apart on the depth chart. So I'm good with both. I don't know why I'm staying away from Powell. I just am. He might be the top running back by the end of the year. I just, I don't know. I don't have my good warm feelings about him. Jeremy Hill or Giovanni Bernard, Ashley? Well, if I'm in a PPR league, I'm going with Bernard. Uh, but you can get Hill in the 10th and Bernard in the 13th. So kind of similar situation. There's a good chance you could get both of them if you wanted to because they're both really low uh, and they have great value. But again, I'm kind of staying away from this entire backfield, to be honest with you, for Sensi. I just don't like it. How can you not take Jeremy Hill in the 10th round? That is crazy. It's, it is great. That saying, it's is great crazy value. That they think Joe Mixon is the best thing to ever hit and that he's not going to get in any trouble or mess up because he's a rookie. I mean, Joe Mixon is crazy talented. I get it. I get it. But he could fumble twice. And then he's bump benched. The coach doesn't like rookies anyways. You could get your starting running back who's been well, productive again, in the 10th yeah. round. Like the 10th round is minimal risk, right? It's so minimal if you get risk. Him and he ends up being a starter, then your value that you got for him is insane. Like, what are you going to do in the 10th round? You're probably going to get a wide receiver four that you're just going to play on your bench that you may yes. or may never play in your entire roster. At least you have some security with Jeremy Hill. Absolutely, Ashley. And you know, exactly. Even if he is bad, who cares? It was the 10th round. 
It was the 10th round. Like, you could let him go and be like, okay, that was the bust. I was hoping Joe Mixon was really bad, but ends up he's actually really good. We'll move on. I mean, listen, this is who else is going in the 10th round. Quincy Inunua, Jamal Williams, you know, uh, CJ Procise, the third running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy talk. That's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you, Ashley. That's that's totally crazy. All right, uh, let's see here. M Matt Forte or Adrian Peterson? This one might surprise you because I've been kind of Debbie Downer on uh, Adrian Peterson all kind season. Of. What? Kind I'm of confused. Just a little, just a little bit. I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson as it's today, mainly because of the Forte injury or because of Forte. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. Alvin Kamara makes me a bit nervous in regards to Adrian Peterson sharing again, I'm not sure he's gonna be able to stay healthy. So I don't love this, but as of right now, I'm going to go with him because of Forte's injury. That's right. Ashley, you know, my answer is Adrian Peterson. I know. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love is it. it so go, is it go so good? Is it so good? I don't know. Well, where you can get them is good. All right. James White or Duke Johnson. Uh, the improved offensive line, the Browns, will tip me slightly to Duke Johnson. But Duke Johnson see? always disappoints me. Did you hear that Duke Johnson's just, like, following around the coach? Why wouldn't he? Well, because he's not hes not even, like, in with the running backs. He The coach has him just follow him around, so he just throws him into random plays. Like, he'll go throw him into the wide receivers, have him run routes to the tight ends, go into the running backs. I mean, he's, like, everywhere. And He's I a utility that. player. And I love that. And I love, I love it because they didn't too. use Duke right last year. They did not use Duke right. I owned Duke and I was so frustrated. It was like a Danny Woodhead moments where it's like San Diego decided they just didn't want to use Danny Woodhead properly the, you know, for a while. And then all of a sudden, once they saw what he could do, it's amazing. Duke is like that. You can do it. But I'm he's yet to, to be that well. guy. Right. He's, he's, he, every, he's disappointed thus far. Yeah, I can't could trust be that a guy. New England running back. Right. So that's why this next question is the best. Dion Lewis or Rex Burkhead, Ashley, who you picking? Can I say neither of no, them? No, you got to pick one. Well, between that, the two of them, James White, Brandon Bolden, Mike Gillisley, there's too many cooks in the kitchen here. And like you said, you never trust a, a running back from the Patriots other than Garrett Blunt, but he's not even there anymore. Um, I guess I'm going to go. Hmm. Burkhead in best ball, Dion Lewis in all other formats. Okay. <laughs> Burkhead's got more upside to have a huge game than Dion Lewis, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. But Dion right. Lewis is going to be maybe potentially used a little bit more consistently than, than Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I'm going Dion Lewis for no rhyme or reason. I just am. That's where I'm. That's where I'm at. That's you know. I heard but his yeah, name a couple times throughout the years. So. Yeah, really. Yeah, neither. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. All right, you guys. That's the end of our running back show. Dun, 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 dun. Thanks again to our sponsors, HelloFresh. Make sure to hop over to HelloFresh.com. Put in their little promo code HERFFB30 to get $30 your first order with HelloFresh. It's less than $10 a meal. Farm to the table. It's delicious. Also, you can check us out uh, in Canada. A couple Sweet weeks from now. Canada. Yes, Fantasy Sports Show. We'll be in Toronto, uh, Mississauga, I think. 
we don't know. We know nothing about Canada. Yeah. We're going. We're going to have a great time. We'll be talking football. Be plenty of people there for all fantasy sports. So if you love fantasy hockey, come see us. There'll be other people there to talk hockey with you. We know hockey, but don't play fantasy hockey. So, um, but it'll it'll be really a good time. So, August twenty fifth to the twenty eighth in Toronto, Canada. Yay. All right, you guys. Next week will be the Everybody Else That Barely Matters show. Tight yeah. ends, kickers, and defenses. So I opt out. Tight ends shouldn't be in fo- fantasy football lineups anymore. Some but people no say kickers don't matter. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it should be a good time. So make sure to listen to us next week on our podcast and this Saturday on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. So 9 to 11 Eastern. Awesome. Until next time, no more faking it. <laughs>